Hello and welcome to PathPod. I'm Dr. Mike Arnold of Children's Hospital Colorado and this is the next edition of the PathPod Quiz Show. Our guests today are Amber Berryman, a fourth-year medical student at McGovern Medical School in Houston, Texas. She's on Twitter at Amber M. Berryman. Dr. Sukurti Biscota, a cytopathology fellow at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. She's on Twitter at Sukurti UMD. And Dr. Raul Gonzalez of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. He's on Twitter at Raul S. Gonzalez, MD. As always, our hosts are Dr. Sarah Jang of Duke Health. She's on Twitter at Sarah underscore Jang. And Dr. Christina Arnold of the University of Colorado. She's on Twitter at CArnold underscore GI. Now here's your hosts, Sarah and Christina. Hello and welcome everyone to the PathPod Quiz Show. We are very fortunate to have three amazing guests here today on this show. Our medical student contestant is Amber Berryman, a medical student at McGovern Medical School. We have Dr. Swikriti Bascota, Cytopathology Fellow at UPMC, and Dr. Raul Gonzalez, GI Pathology Director at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and Associate Professor of Pathology in the Harvard Medical System. I'm your co-host, Dr. Sarah Jang. I'm at Duke, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Christina Arnold. Hey, y'all. And we have Mike Arnold here as well, but he is our silent editing co-partner. <laughs> For now. Hey He's trying to talk. I wish we had this mute Listen. button for our marriage too. So I just oh, go. <laughs> That's going to be edited out. <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> uh, welcome everybody. Hello. Hi everybody. Welcome. Thank you for the invite. Mm-hmm. How's everyone's week going? Good. Good so far. It's Monday. Yep. Yeah. Pretty interesting <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> It is Monday, and I feel like interesting is one of the better descriptors that we've been using for our days in 2020, right? It's uh, definitely been an interesting year, interesting year. How are you over there, Christina? Doing great. We recorded a Megapod podcast Saturday night, and today we're doing PathPod, and it's just, I, I love PathPod. I've got to say, it's one of the highlights of my career. I just love it. I look so forward to it so much. I have so much fun. So it's been a run of really great things. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here too. I'm very, very social. And so having the ability to still connect with everybody and talk at with everybody has been a really fun thing. So thanks all of you for being here. Thanks to Christina and Mike for being my co-hosts. And thanks to everyone out there who's listening. So, well, you know, I spend a lot of, can I say one thing after, especially a Monday after spending all weekend with my kids who are 10 and four, they're 10 and 14 and I look in their eyes and they're not listening to me. And it's so fun to be on the zoom call with like adult doctors who (laughs) really are listening when you talk for the most part. It's a wild experience. Oh yeah. My kids are six and eight. And believe me, I have the same experience where I'm like, am I? Hello, is anyone anyone paying attention? But I do have a really great thing that happened this weekend. I came across my son. I heard him playing next door. He was saying, and next up is Sarah Jane from Duke University. (laughs) So he was playing playing PathPod, and it was awesome. (laughs) Uh, May I suggest that you invest in some more educational toys for your children, Christina? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, 
That is so funny. All right. Well, today, every one of our contestants is going to be here playing for a very, very special, special prize, which is, of course, the coveted PathPod Clear Ruler. And winners, of course, will be the uh, ed- of their friends and enemies. And so, enemies. And enemies. Very important. Very important. So well, I don't um, have that many enemies, but you I can start right now. You, you know? say you something can, terrible. We could, we could all be your enemy right now. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting to be invited for, but if I'm here to make enemies, then let's see how this plays out. Don't you have an enemy section on your CV where it says enemies underscore then list them? No? Okay. Somehow I missed that part. Yeah. Never too late to start. Well, stay tuned. I think I'm learning so much. You're learning so much. Well, what we say here is this is not medical advice. We say that all constantly. Or personal advice. Or Or professional advice. advice. Yeah, don't listen to us uh, for life advice either. All right. Amber Berman is a medical student at McGovern Medical School, and you can follow her on Twitter at Amber, M-B-E-R-U-M-E-N. Welcome, Amber. We're delighted to have you here from the great state of Texas. Yeah. Tell us how you picked pathology. Oh, man. So I feel like I, I knew from the beginning that I was going to like pathology. I remember saying it in undergrad, I'm going to do pathology, and nobody knew what it wow. was. Um, but it was kind of this thing where I was like naming off different things. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do radiology. Maybe I'll do anesthesiology. I just, every day I would wake up and I was dedicated to a new career. But I think it was kind of a slow transition. I took our first course module in my school was uh, titled HISP, which uh, stood for uh, histology, immunology, and something special pathogens. There was neoplasia involved. And I loved that course. Everybody else hated it. And I loved it. I was like, I want to know how cancer happens. And I love the clusters of differentiation. And I want to know everything. And I think the last straw was when I, I was a third year and I still wasn't thinking pathology because I thought if I liked immunology and neoplasia, I was, had to do maybe oncology or maybe rheumatology. And I was like, I really don't like those, but I, I wasn't really finding my fit in my internal medicine doctor um, attending she sent us down to the lab. Just, uh, we had a sickle cell patient and she was like, I just want you guys to see the blood smear. Just go down and ask. So we go down and I remember seeing my patient's sickle cells and I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening inside of his body. And I was so excited to see the manifestation of the disease. And then the resident was like, I have never seen you this giddy before. Why don't you do pathology? And I was like, why don't I do pathology? <laughs> <laughs> so then after that, I've been on this course and I, I'm so happy to, I guess, have stumbled onto it. I love that. Well, for me, that was my thing. Someone also, uh, someone I looked up to said, why don't you consider pathology? And so what I, when I'm with medical students, I'll often say that, why don't you consider pathology? You seem to be really gifted. I think just the act of suggesting to someone can be very powerful. Or I'm saying now, GI, you would be great at GI pathology. I love saying that to people because I think sometimes that's all you need is a little push, a little someone to suggest it. So I'm so glad someone suggested that to you. That is wonderful. I really thrive in. I feel like in pathology, uh, there's almost this uplifting essence in the community, like where it's like, oh, you're excited in this. We are too, or someone else is too. And I just, I get giddy and I'm excited to learn more. So that's just my two cents on that. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So what if you couldn't be a doctor? What would you have been your alternative career? An artist. 
more specifically, my dream side job is to be a tattoo artist. Oh. So, <laughs> Ooh, you've just opened a box for me, girl. So do you have any tattoos? I do. I have Athena on my arm, and then I have this Greek. I, I read The Republic, uh, Plato's Republic, in my first year of undergrad, and I fell in love with it. And I have a quote from that in Greek, which essentially translates to the difficult things in life are the most worthwhile. Wow. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. In today's medical student quiz show segment, I will read you five board style questions. Provide the correct answer, and you win a point. Win enough points and you win a prize PathPod Clear Roller. Ready to play? Oh, I'm so ready. The theme is viruses. Okay. Question one Which of the following viruses is typically identified with a zinc test? I'll give you multiple choice if you don't know A, cytomegalovirus, B, adenovirus, C, herpes simplex virus, D, hepatitis, B. Herpes. Very good. That's right. Herpes simplex virus. Bonus point. What is a zinc test? I'm not getting this bonus point. <laughs> no problem. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Uh, it is a smear of an opened skin vesicle. I've heard it zinc. Is that what you guys think of it as? Silent yeah, T. What's with the silent T, folks? Raul, can you help us out? I have never met Dr. Zank or Tzank. <laughs> Come on, Raul. Let's go with Zank. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay, question two. A teenager presents with fever, lethargy, pharyngitis, and lymphadenopathy. There's a particularly enlarged lymph node near the base of the skull. He endorses a recent history of kissing. Atypical lymphocytes are seen on this peripheral blood smear. After a workup, he is diagnosed with mononucleosis. Do you know what the underlying virus is? Uh, the Epstein-Barr virus? There you go. You didn't even need the answers. <laughs> Epstein-Barr virus, HHV4. Wow, good that. job. Good job. Yeah. Question three. The atypical cells seen on the peripheral blood smear are of which type? A, are they B cells? B, are they T cells? C, are they blasts? Or D, are they artifacts? Those would be B cells. Very good. They are the B cells. All right. Good for you. Question four. This one's a hard one, but it's going to lead us into a phenomenal mnemonic. So let's do it. Do you know the cell receptor EBB uses to infect the B cell? Uh, is it the 20? I know it's 21, right? It's Dang! <laughs> Dang. Oh. Yes, wow. I am. I am wow. so impressed. All right. Me too. So here's the mnemonic. Okay. EBV infects, infects B cells through CD21. The mnemonic is you must be 21 years old to drink beer in a bar body, sort of <laughs> kind of trying to bring all those things together. All right. So I hope that helps some of you out there. Question five. What restrictions are usually placed on such patients and why? Do you know any uh, restrictions? Yeah, if they're teens, they're not allowed to participate in any, I guess, rough sports or anything that would cause trauma because there's an increased risk of splenic rupture. Five of five points, my friend. <laughs> you have a PathPod Clear Roller coming your way. That was a phenomenal presentation. Tell us, Amber, what are you going to do next? Oh, I'm going to measure everything. Everything is going to have dimensions, and um, it's going to be great. I've always wanted a clear ruler. <laughs> 
Yay! So, so, I mean, just as a caveat, the ruler is only six inches long, so you're only measuring short objects. If you need what about to measure stacks of money. Stacks of money. Oh, yeah. No, if you're if you if you're an academic, this will be definitely tall enough to measure the stacks of money that you're making. Yes, all my free money. <laughs> all my free congratulations. Free money. Yeah, that was amazing. You didn't even need the multiple choice. And I actually, I mean, if I ever knew the cell receptor that EBV used to infect the B cell, that information had long, long I left my neurons. I am blown away yeah. that you knew Strong that. Strong work. Strong it's, uh, Thanks to Sketchy Micro. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's a good okay. resource. Tell us about it. Tell our listeners about it. Oh, yeah. There's a micro and farm. Those are the two that I would highly endorse. They use pictorials. They're usually pretty funny. And they teach you bugs and different pharmaceuticals, but they use pictorials. To, and so they use a lot of like hooks so that you can remember them. Wow. They have a sketchy Ooh. pythology too. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, congratulations. Next up, we have our resident who is Dr. Swikriti Baskoda. She's a cytopathology fellow at UPMC and you can follow her on Twitter at SWIK. R-I-T-Y-U-M-D. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your favorite part of being a pathologist? Well, I like being in touch with patients. That's the main reason why I chose cytopathology. I used to run an FNA clinic back home. I, I like doing FNAs, being able to tell them instantly what's wrong with them. So yeah, I also want to tell the audience out there that pathology also has a touch with the patient's life. Absolutely. And even right. if you're not seeing patients directly, we touch mm-hmm. upon so many patients' lives, whether we're running labs or looking at glass slides or doing FNAs. Right. So yeah. you mentioned a little bit about you running an FNA clinic back home. Where's mm-hmm. back home? Oh, I'm from Nepal originally. So I did a pathology residency before moving to United States. And I used to work for two years before finally deciding to move into States. What was it like making that transition? So the thing is, the pathology back home is very challenging because we make diagnosis on the basis of morphology only. But when I went to Australia to do an observer save during my first residency in Nepal, I realized that pathology is quite different than what I was doing. And I realized that I can do much more with pathology only, and I wanted to change that concept. That's what motivated me to go back home, complete my residency and study USMLE. More than coming to US, it was very difficult to go back to the USMLE, sit for step one, uh, which uh, I had graduated from my med school back in 2009, and I sat for my uh, step one in 2015. Otherwise, the whole residency process was, again, a huge learning curve. I didn't really felt like I was going back to the training again. The cutting edge technology, use of all the ancillary uh, techniques, the molecular, it's a huge, huge difference from what I was used to back home. Yeah, I'm so glad to have another cytopathologist here with an interest in FNA. So I always loved working with my hands. I always Uh loved procedures. And when I discovered that in pathology, there was this great niche. I mean, obviously we work with our hands grossing and autopsies, um, but I really love performing procedures And I think there's something very rewarding and a great deal of responsibility. And it's so powerful. It's so quick. It really helps with that rapid management of patients. And so uh, that's, that's one of the great privileges that I have as a cytopathologist. 
Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Well, I have a very special pathology related game and listeners will know by now my puns are always really terrible. So uh, (laughs) this will be no different. So this game is called Pandemic objectives. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Sounds exciting. (laughs) It is. It is. So pathologists are, of course, super visual. We spend a lot of time looking at objects and identifying patterns. And so we love to find shapes in what we see. And Mm -hmm. there is even a term for this, which is pareidolia, which according to Wikipedia is the tendency for incorrect perception of a stimulus as an object, pattern, or meaning known to the observer, such as seeing shapes in clouds, seeing faces in an animate object, or abstract patterns. So it's not very surprising that we have many pathologic features that are described as objects. Also, this pandemic has inspired many of us in the world to take up new hobbies or activities. And so this game kind of combines it all together. I'm going to ask you about various pathologic terms, all of which will feature an object or an item in the name. These objects will also be related to a hobby or activity that some might have taken up during the pandemic. And the hint is going to give you some indications as to both the object or hobby and the finding. And for bonus points, I'll have you name the activity as well. We'll take it step by step and I'll give you an example. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if I said, Pathology isn't always the stuff of fairy tales, so don't spin me any yarns. Sleeping Beauty and sometimes pathologists might get into some trouble when they encounter this cellular morphology seen in a variety of tumors from melanoma to soft tissue tumors. The answer would be spindle cell. Spindle cells are, of course, elongated cells tapered at Mm -hmm. both ends, and Sleeping Beauty supposedly pricked her finger on a spindle in the fairy tale. And a hobby for a bonus point would be spinning yarn using a spindle. Full disclosure, that is one of my new pandemic hobbies. How many new hobbies have you picked up, by the way? I've picked up all of them. I've picked up all of them. (laughs) Yes, all the hobbies. Are you also shearing your own sheep, Sarah? You know, I'm not, but the reason I picked up spinning yarn is because <laughs> we got a new pet and it is a pet Angora rabbit and you can use their wow. fiber to spin yarn, which is then of course why wow. I had to get a spindle and a spinning wheel because it's like, have you guys read that book? If you give a mouse a cookie and it's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, then it sets off this terrible sequence of events. So I'm a mouse and anything at this point is a cookie. Okay. Let's, let's start back <laughs> up with the game. So are you ready to start the, yes. the object game? So first question, the name pneumocystis carinae has been tabled, but don't make such a racket. You can still net the right diagnosis by putting a positive spin on things. On a silver stain, the organisms of pneumocystis, now Giravaki, are often described using this term. Blob-like appearance or something? So it's funny because I think that actually for a lot of these terms, there's some geographic mm-hmm. variation in right. what are used, but PCP is also called crushed ping pong balls on a GMS yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, right. yep. yeah. So yeah, ping pong, which is also called table tennis. And oh, according to Wikipedia, another name for ping pong is whiff-waff, which oh. I think is just really hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it... source for everything? Wikipedia is my source for everything. <laughs> everything. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, Pathology Outlines is my source for all pathology. Oh, there you go. Pathology Look at that. Dr. Gonzalez, what do you think about that? 
Uh, I think we got to mail her a $5 check. Yeah, I know. And, I, and I've written several chapters, too. So I have to insert something here, though, folks. I learned this weekend there's something called Murderpedia, oh, which yes. is Wikipedia Ooh, really? about murders. And I've learned that from the creators of Dead Men Tell No Tales. Do so you'll have tales. to follow that. Or Do Tell Tell, sorry. Yeah. They are residents. I couldn't believe they're residents or two residents who put on a podcast. It's amazing. All right. So next question. You might not be great at playing first-person shooters, but can you pull the trigger on the diagnosis of LSIL? This finding, along with a raisinoid nucleus, is characteristic of HPV cytopathic effect, which is, of course, seen in low-grade squamous intraepithelial lesions in pap smears. Perinuclear halo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the perinuclear halo. halo. And the bonus hobby or activity here was playing video games, which, you know, I'm not much of a video gamer, but I was at doing research for this on Wikipedia, <laughs> of course. And apparently the Halo games are one of oh. the most successful franchises oh. of all time. Oh, wow. They are really? apparently a first person shooter and there's movies and graphic Whoa. novels and merchandise. I have not played them. In You're the very busy. <laughs> okay, next question. All right. So, Saito loves me. Saito loves me not. Your colleagues might be asking, give me your answer, do, if you see this nuclear morphology in a peritoneal washing, which is named for the prototypical member of the Asteraceae family. If you see this morphology, the answer is that you are looking at a feature of reactive mesothelia. And good news, you don't need to have a green thumb to be a great pathologist. Is this like a ballerina skirt? Or... Ooh, I like that one. I don't think I've heard ballerina skirt. So these are daisy cells. Oh, so yeah. in rea yeah, so in reactive mesothelia, uh -huh. they have these lobulated nuclear contours. Uh -huh. And to me, they look actually more like popcorn, but you can't call them popcorn cells because then you right. start thinking about, yeah. you know, lymphomas. When you're first starting in cytopath, I know when I was first starting in cytopath, they were very scary because you look yeah. at them, you see these very, very convoluted nuclei mm -hmm. and you worry about malignancy. But yeah, do you have a guess as to the bonus hobby love me love me not <laughs> yeah 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 so the hobby is gardening um, a yeah. lot of people I think have been spending a lot of right. time growing plants next question don't get burned when you're scrolling endlessly through your feed making controversial statements online such as green is the best dotting pen color it is, by the way, can fan these, a cytologic feature seen in hyperfunctioning thyroid nodules, such as those classically associated with grave disease. So this is potentially a reason that, you know, we think about hot nodules, you see this cytologic feature in hot nodules. So this flame also, cells? Yes, flame exactly. Yep. Flame okay. cells. Exactly. When you see hyperfunctioning nodules, mm -hmm. and classically this is described in Graves' disease, right? In mm -hmm. cytology, you right. see these ragged magenta edges mm -hmm. to the thyroid epithelial cells. And it's not totally specific for Graves' disease. And you can right. see it in anything with hyperfunction. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little mnemonic because if you think about hot nodules, hyperfunction, you think about flames. Right. And any guesses as to what the bonus activity is? It's not really a hobby, but something we're all spending more time doing. Just like exercise or getting. 
going online, spending time on social media. Okay. So you'll be very relieved to know this is our last question. (laughs) If you are not spaced out, you can occasionally find these in lymph nodes affected by sarcoidosis. The diagnosis of sarcoidosis isn't rock solid though, as this finding is nonspecific and can be seen in other entities that are characterized by giant cells. You mean asteroid bodies? Exactly, (laughs) asteroid bodies. So asteroid bodies are these little kind of, to me they look star-like inclusions in giant cells Uh and they're classically seen in the non-necrotizing granulomas of sarcoidosis, but they're pretty nonspecific. You can see them in other things as well. Anything that causes granulomas or giant cells in a lymph node, you can see asteroid bodies, but they're kind of a a fun finding. And any guesses as to the hobby associated with asteroid bodies? (laughs) The hobbies are just for fun. Asteroid (laughs) is an old video game. So, oh, it is an old video game. I was actually thinking astronomy. I know a lot of people have been posting pictures of the supermoon and meteor showers. And this is kind of a fun fact we use those smartphone microscope adapters that you can stick onto your microscope and Uh um, take pictures. You can use the same adapters for looking through telescopes. You can use it to put your phone up to either a microscope or a telescope. So, the two opposite sides of the spectrum. All right, you did fabulous. And that means that you will be getting your very own PathPod clear ruler and the question what are you going to do next now that you've won oh I'm gonna use that ruler for every single thing probably to my next job (laughs) 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 wonderful thanks for being here so next up it's our chance to talk to our practicing pathologist guest and we're here with dr gonzalez who as i said is the head of gi pathology at beth israel deaconess you can follow him on twitter at r-a-u-l-s as in snake g-o-n-z-a-l-e-z m-d welcome dr gonzalez Welcome. I'm probably happy to be here. <laughs> Still not sure, though, halfway through the quiz show. Still not I, sure. I am happy to be here, of course. So tell us a little bit about how you uh, pick pathology as your specialty. Sure. Well, my father is a physician, so I was always interested in medicine growing up. They never forced it on me, but we knew a lot of doctors in the family. It was always on my radar. So I, you know, Went through college, was pre-med, went to medical school, and I was really having a difficult time deciding what exactly I wanted to do. You were talking earlier about other fields of interest people have, and I was leaning towards psychiatry early on, but I wasn't sure I wanted to explore other options. So during spring break of my, I think, second year, my dad had me spend a day, you know, I had a whole week, one day with other physicians. So I spent a day with a surgeon, spent a day with him. He's an internist, spent a day with a radiologist. And then I think it Thursday comes around. He says, today, you're going to spend the day with a pathologist. And I'm like, oh, who, what now? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and by the end of the day, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is perfect. Oh, that's great. You wow. know, I really enjoyed sort of the pace of it. I enjoyed getting a chance to sit and think, discuss cases with colleagues. I did enjoy the visual aspect of it. And I was pretty much sold from that point forward. That's really a great testament to the pathologist that you spent time with during that day, right? I mean, they had one day and they sold you. That's amazing. I was thinking about how he gave up his spring break. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was a medical student, and I was either going to do that or study for step one the whole week. Oh, where did you do your medical school training? I grew up in Georgia, so I went to the Medical College of Georgia for med school. Okay. Wow. Well, we're glad you picked pathology. Yeah. Interesting about psychology. So what, especially since that's how we started the show. So what walked you away from psychology? Or was it just you love pathology so much? I, I liked the ideas and concepts behind psychiatry, the disease states and everything. It was just not my field. Some things click with you and some don't. So I liked the theory more than the practice. Yeah, that was my opinion too. I thought it was so interesting to study personality types. I felt like pathology allowed you to think outside of the box and the whole process was interesting from start to finish. And to still study personality types. You can still do that. That's right. I'm not sure what you're talking about. No idea. He was looking just at you, Sarah. I know. I can tell. Even though like there's six tiny boxes, which is a reflection perhaps on my personality type. So if you couldn't be in medicine, what career would you have picked and why? So there were lots of things that I enjoyed doing on the side as I was going through high school, college, medical school. One thing I actually did enjoy was copy editing. I did that a few years for my college newspaper I really enjoyed you know, journalism and or copy editing. Ultimately, I decided that it was something I enjoyed more just as a hobby or just an aspect of me, but not what I wanted to devote my career to. And I would argue that worked out. Unfortunately, copy editing is not valued the way it used to be. Actually, when I met my now wife, she was a copy editor at the Augusta newspaper. I was in medical school and she did that for a couple more years. Similarly saw the writing on the wall and is no longer a copy editor. Is it hard for you to listen to other people? Are you like in your mind? Subject, verb, disagreement. (laughs) You have to let it go. (laughs) To some extent, I think there's always that voice in the back of your head saying, that apostrophe is not supposed to be there or something else really depressing. But, you know, just to get through the day, you have to turn that off. (laughs) It's true. uh, I I do still get to do some copy editing just in pathology, you know, writing papers, you have to edit other people's work. I'm on the CAP surgical pathology committee. And one thing we do in the committee is write the the PIPs. And there is always editing as a group Mm. involved in that. So Sarah knows me as the person who fixes everyone's commas so everyone else can focus on the more important information in the write-ups. As I mentioned, Dr. Gonzalez is actually the vice chair of that committee. One of my dirty little secrets is I watch, I love watching 90 Day Fiance. And around that time, I started picking up grammar books. So I always tell people, I promise you, English is my first language, you know, but my grammar has always been a struggle. So that was one of my pandemic hobbies. I picked up some grammar books. So now when we sit down to watch 90 Day Fiance, I have a little notebook. And every time I hear grammar... (laughs) I pause the TV to ask the kids. I say, say, okay, guys, what's wrong? You just said me and my mom's fiance. Where do we put that? Where do we put the apostrophe? Oh my gosh. So now I'm not. So you go through and you quiz your kids on the grammar on 90 Day Fiance. They are really good about it. And I just. um, So now I feel like it's not a. I'm not as ashamed to watch 90 Day Fiance because I feel like it really is improving our life on the grammar mm. level. Wow. So there wow. you go. That's a true academic there, even harnessing reality TV <laughs> to create <laughs> educational <laughs> opportunities for you and your children. I love <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And one last question, Dr. Gonzalez. I know that as a very busy and productive academic pathologist, you probably don't have a lot of this, but what do you like to do in your free time? I don't understand the question. (laughs) Well, especially now that we all should be staying indoors more often than not, I actually have a 
huge list of movies and TV shows and books and yes, video games that I've wanted to enjoy that I haven't had a bunch of a chance to in the past few years. And this has actually given me a chance to catch up on some of that. So mm -hmm. I'm learning pop culture, maybe a couple years delayed, but I'm finally getting there. <laughs> Who are the Kardashians? Pop quiz. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and take the big fat zero fail on that one. <laughs> there he is. Oh, I was going to ask if you have any recommendations from your recent viewing. I think I am a comic book fan and I finally watched all of the Marvel Netflix shows. I just watched Russian Doll, which was a fun sci-fi. Yeah, watch it. Okay. so good. Half hour episodes if you haven't seen it. So it goes by quick. Okay. That's good. If I enjoy anything that I'm going through in my list, some of it is just, I don't know that I'll like this, but I wanted to watch it. I'll just power through. But if I do enjoy something, I'll circle around back to you. I love it. I feel like, you know, it, again, such dedication that even in your TV watching, you're finding ways where you're like, you know what? I said I was going to watch this thing. I'm going to watch this thing. I'm going to get through it. And uh, yeah, dedication. It says a lot Follow about, it says a lot some, about, you know, shows I, are just shows I want to watch. They're also things my wife and I want to watch together. We're going through Shit's Creek right now, which yep. is actually really funny. And there's not too many episodes. So if you wanted to, you could pick it up. Yeah, that's a really nice show. I finished it during the pandemic too. <laughs> awesome. Don't tell me how it ends. I'm not there yet. No, no, I won't. Great. You gotta watch it. It's interesting. If I had guessed what role is watching, I would I was thinking like Masterpiece Theater. Yes, <laughs> very highbrow. I will take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. <laughs> it is. From someone who watches 90 Day Fiance with former shame, it is a very yeah. high compliment. Well, you know, we put in so much time and energy into our daily lives. Some days you just want to go home and watch the dumbest thing you can find. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. You know, I think in one of the pre- sure. One of the previous episodes, I'd mentioned that my husband and I are binge watching Wicked Tuna. So we've watched a lot of episodes of that show. And it makes me really, really appreciate all the sushi that I've had in past lives when I used to be able to go out and have sushi because it seems to be a lot of work out there catching those fish, staying out on those boats. Yes, it's it dangerous. Is not easy. Yeah, dangerous, dangerous. I am very so. appreciative P.S. I have to take Dramamine when I go on a ride across town. So mm. that there's someone who could be in a boat like that and be okay and can function and work. I am extremely impressed by that. Well, yes. now I just want sushi. Yeah, yeah. I know. Me too. Being <laughs> <laughs> a sushi, my husband used to be a sushi stuff. And my husband loves to cook. And I hate to cook. And I am... <laughs> super spoiled. I love my life. <laughs> yeah, That's a great combination. Is I want to give props to Mike. He took my basil and my basil has been bountiful. He <laughs> made the best basil pasta this weekend. It is incredible. So thank you. He did a great job. Well, it was yes. delicious. Yes, that's, that's very important to give props to the people in our lives that support us because my husband also does all the cooking and it is great because I get very, very hangry and it's really nice to have someone to feed me. So I think it's time for our Bluff the Guest game. And in this game, we are going to enlist the help of our medical student and resident guest to help stump Dr. Gonzalez. So each of our other guests is going to tell two truths and one lie, either about their own lives or pathology. And Dr. Gonzalez will try to guess which is the lie. If he gets enough right, he will win a special limited edition PathPod ruler. So 
Everyone ready to play? Amber, do you want to start? Sure. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So my three things are, number one, uh, I ran into Jimmy Carter once outside of a food hall. Number two, I survived a tornado in a movie theater the day after Christmas. Number three, one of my favorite pastimes is hunting lizards with my dogs. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I like Jimmy all of Carter those so much. Soul food restaurant. The first one was Jimmy Carter outside a soul food restaurant. Just the food hall. Food <laughs> hall. Okay, I thought I heard an extra word in there. Tornado in a movie theater the day after Christmas and hunting lizards with your dogs. Well, I should have brought some coins to flip here. I will go with the middle one, the tornado. Ah, oh, good job. That's actually yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> oh, I feel like you need to tell us about these stories. Yeah. So the Jimmy Carter one, I was at Emory for a while, and Jimmy Carter's associated with Emory. Yeah, I did um, Emory. I went to Emory for undergrad, so I got to see him speak several times. Yeah, so yeah. I was, my roommate and I were walking out of the food hall cafeteria and then there was these black vans and we didn't think anything of it and then suddenly Jimmy Carter's in front of us and we just kind of like are paralyzed and we like don't know what to do and like we just run away. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I never got to meet him but the summer I was studying for the MCAT I also took a job at the local science museum and one day I show up and there's you know everyone's credit around one person and I walk in and oh it's Rosalind Carter. Oh so I, I got wow. to meet Jimmy Carter's wife that one day. So did uh, they live in Georgia? I think yes. so. So my second one the tornado so this one's like a half fly. So I was in Dallas so this is where my family is from with my siblings and my parents were at my grandparents house and they told us to meet them there. So as we were getting in the car there's a tornado warning and like, I don't feel comfortable about this. The sky was cloudy but it didn't look bad my, and my siblings are like well, let's just go. It's the day after Christmas, you know, it's the whole festive season. So we start driving and then the clouds get black. It's scary black and I am not comfortable with driving anymore. So I pull over at the AMC and they're pretty much just letting everybody in. And so they, uh, we're inside the movie theater. This was Star Wars was airing. So we're in there and luckily we did not get hit, but the area, it did kind of go above us and hit the, it was, we were on the course. So luckily. <laughs> Close but no cigar. Glad you're okay. Yeah. yeah scary. Scary. <laughs> scary, scary. And the last one, the lizards, which is true. <laughs> so in my yard, we have little and little lizards and they will pop out all the time. And so my dog, Ella, she will sprint out the door and we'll just go find him and she'll try to pat him down. And she was successful once and I felt so bad and I got the lizard and I like was like, please. <laughs> Oh. But sometimes I'll like Edgar, I'm like, oh my god, there's a Lizzie. And she knows <laughs> that Lizzie is the word for lizard and she'll run over there. <laughs> that sounds very cute. So good job, Dr. Gonzalez. Wow. You picked I'll out the you uh, see if I can do it twice. Spoiler oh, alert. No I can't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My three guesses for you are <laughs> first one, I got stuck while I went for a uh, caving at a height of fifty feet. Second one, I called activated macrophage as Hodgkin's cell. Third one, I survived an earthquake of 7.8 rector scale. So you got trapped while caving. Mm -hmm. You overcalled activated macrophages. Mm -hmm. And you survived a bad earthquake. You live a dangerous life. <laughs> As someone who probably spent the entirety of my intern year overcalling macrophages, I'm going to 
presume that that one's true and then decide which time your life flashed before your eyes. <laughs> Let's do the caving one is a lie. Actually, the macrophase is a lie. Oh, but it's a big oh. <laughs> that was so rude of me. I should know that you get every diagnosis correct. No, no, like, no. Dang. I apologize to you. No. no. Oh my gosh. Wow. I want to hear about you and your much more exciting hobbies than mine. So the caving was in one of our deepest cave back home. It was called the Gupa. And that was my first time going caving. And they had told us not to wear uh, woolen or anything that gets stuck to the rope. Ah. But uh, we were already out in the trip and I did not have anything except for a sweater kind of t-shirt because it was cold out there. So I was wearing a sweater and it got stuck to the harness mm. and I was stuck for more than an hour at 50 Oh no. Water dripping over all my body from the height. Oh. And I was so nervous to even start that last uh, stretch of the caving. You know, we did it together with my brother, my younger sister, and some of my friends. And I had that idea somehow that I'll get stuck, you know, <laughs> and actually that happened. See, I didn't want this to happen to you. I was looking out <laughs> for you by saying that was a lie. Right. But you went and, and did it anyway. He's smooth. Raul, you're smooth. That's great. That's great. Right. Honestly, the macrophase and the Hodgkin cell is a lie, but I still struggle with it. <laughs> I would say we, you know, right. it's the practice of medicine, the practice of pathology, uh -huh. we all have difficult cases come by our right. desk, even in our uh -huh. subspecialty. Right. So. That's just life. I have two mm -hmm. things I wanted to add. Swickerty just gave a beautiful PathPod stories on, on how her inroads to pathology. And I hope you guys who would like to learn more about how to get into pathology and specifically her really beautiful story, make sure you check out this month's episode of PathPod stories. Two, I think Raul is an amazing natural at this. And if one of us are ever out, Sarah, he would be a great fill-in if he would be willing. Yeah. Are you trying to give me a hint that maybe you're no, firing me? No, no, that I'm quitting. I, no, no. I love it. I like that Christina is like, we need some new co-hosts up in here. No, I want Raul and not Sarah to be charitable to her fellow GI pathologist. Well, I'm always looking for a way to expand PathPod, right? Because the more content, the better. Awesome. Okay, now the earthquake. Yeah, so I had scheduled my trip to U.S. the next day, and it was a midday, and my brother, my mom, and I were in the same room. My dad was away from the house, and suddenly uh, we have a three-story big house, and we live in the third floor. We rent out, out the first two floors, and suddenly it started to shake, and I'm like, it's shaking, and my, and my brother was like, it might be a minor earthquake. We used to get minor six. Then it started to shake so violently, more oh than more than for like 50 seconds. My brother like grabbed both of us and we started like shouting like anything and we could hear people crying. And when we came out, there were so many injuries. It was one of the Oh my god. That experience where mm. I can never forget in my life, you know. Um, then we rushed to my brother and I were already physician at that point. Then we just mm. made sure that my mom was safe and we rushed to hospital to help. But it was a terrible tragedy. I declared probably hundred and more deaths that day, you know. Oh my god. Oh, this is terrible. 
Just yeah, it was. Hey, yeah, it was. It was really terrible. Hospitals were out of uh, light, oxygen, and everything. Mm. And I can never forget that incident in my whole life. And we got aftershocks and aftershocks for probably like 10, 15 days. It was oh crazy. my gosh. Wow. Well, we're glad you're here with us. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am glad yeah. in that. Oh, wow. All right. Well, one for two could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and enough. You, do, I it's enough. do I get a three-inch ruler? Yeah, no. I'm going to break the ruler in half, and you're going to get half the ruler. I'll give you the side with the four through six, so it's, like, extra confusing for you to have to do that math. The pod <laughs> side? Yeah, it's just pod. You're just going to get the pod half. <laughs> oh, oh no just kidding you have won enough to win your very own path pod ruler Yay. and uh now it's the part of the show where after all of my torturing of the english language and contestants it is time for our very special guest to turn the tables on christina and i now i can uh, work for you yes yeah and i suspect yeah. this will be and i suspect this will be unfair because both dr gonzalez and dr arnold are fabulous gi pathologists and <laughs> I am not a GI pathologist. So hopefully you did not bring just a whole bunch of like dysplasias for me to grade. No, I did not <laughs> bring any pathology trivia. Yeah. And- oh, I see that Dr. Arnold is starting to take notes. I let am. me get let me get my notepad so I can also be Amran Mirsa taught us about yeah. taking notes. It's very serious. All right, Raul, dazzle us. I'm ready. I was a chemistry major in college. Hmm. And to be pre-med in the U.S., at least, you have to take a couple years of chemistry. So I know you you have at least taken Mm. perhaps more chemistry than you would have liked. Mm -hmm. So I have six trivia questions for you on the periodic table. Oh, 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 I take that back about being a co-host. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I hope the questions are just like name six elements. It was like true or false, correct? That's what we're talking about. This is an element. One of them involves naming elements. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Let's do it. I invite everyone to participate. Yes. We're definitely going to be phoning a friend here. We will start. Question one. Who created? the periodic table someone who is now deceased that is correct <laughs> I win. So smart. Win. yay <laughs> so mm-hmm. the periodic table as we know it was first established by dimitri mendeleev a russian scientist oh i did know that in 1869 too and, and he is dead oh yes he is i said you were correct <laughs> he he included 63 elements in his periodic table and there is an element named for him, Mendelevium, element 101, and its uh, symbol or abbreviation is MD. Oh. As you know, every element has a symbol or abbreviation. You know, Mendelevium is MD, like helium is HE, that sort of thing. There are 14 elements whose symbol is only one letter. I'll mm. give you a choice. You can either just start naming them and you have to come up with eight of the 14, or I will give you the letter and you have to get 11 of them. I can think of a couple, but like- Christina, what I've do you want to do? Because Mike Arnold has agreed to help us. You know, we could just name all the letters of the alphabet and in there will be <laughs> all 14 of them. You have to give me the element, not the... Oh, Mike, what are you, what are you saying over there? 
Mike Whatever seems to you want, want to do. seriously okay, answer this one. We're going with Sarah. I, I, I think there's there's an more. obvious one for the GI pathologist. I know. All right, let's do that. I'll give you the letter, and you tell me what the element is. And all I'll right. go through all 14, and we'll see how many of them you get. So, ready? <clears throat> yes, yes, Starting as I'll ever be. B. Boron? Boron. Yeah. Boron, yes. Thanks, guys. Boron is correct. Okay. okay. So, you're one for one. Next one, C. Carbon. Thank you. Next up, F. Fluoride? No. So fluorine, not fluoride. Did I say, oh, I said fluoride. I think that was a Zoom audio issue. I've been having internet connection <laughs> issues. <laughs> fluoring, I don't know about you, I heard fluoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said. Amber, did you hear that? Didn't you hear fluoring? I That's what I heard. Fluoring. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see how you do. Maybe you don't need that one. <laughs> oh, we're gonna need it. Next is H. Hydrogen. hydrogen. Yes. I. Iodine. Yes. Nice. Yes. K. Potassium. Potassium. Yeah. Yep. N. Nitrogen. Yes. Sorry, I'm like so. Oh, do you're it. On do it. it. You're do on it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Get it. She's the new host. Yes. New host. Keep it going. Don't stop yeah. now. O. Oxygen. Oxygen. P. Potassium. No. Phosphorus. No. Phosphorus. Phosphorus. Yes. Mm -hmm. S. Is it selenium? Sulfur. Sulfur. Oh, okay. Yes. There you go. U. Uranium. Uranium. Correct. V. Valadium? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's an audio issue, but vanadium. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so next is W. Uh, Tungsten. Tungsten. Yes, it is tungsten. Mm. Ooh. And you're totally yes. not Googling these, are you, Mike? No. I can promise you he wanted to just do this without any help. The last one is Y. There's the one for the GI no. pathologist. No. Yeah. The microspheres. So depending on audio issues or not, you got either 12 <laughs> or 14 of the 14. Oh, <laughs> yes. So we went over. Oh, strong work everyone <laughs> contributing i love right. it the rest of these will go faster though so they'll be less fun <laughs> uh, within five how many elements are there currently in the periodic table that i practiced last night on my wife who is not a science person and she got this exactly correct wow okay yeah well your wife is obviously amazing just like you are but oh do you want to do a price is right style that everyone gives a guess and then we average it <laughs> or whoever does sure. let's do it let's do it math if you will take the average i'll go last I can go first because I have no idea. Is it 365? Oh. It's definitely not, right? I'm going to do 151 in honor of the original Pokemon. You got to catch them all. <laughs> all right, Swiggerzine and Mike, what do you guys got? I think I'd go with 110. No, there's at least 101. Right. So yeah, yeah, I will say that Mike is the person who has not gone over using prices Right rules. <laughs> <laughs> If I were mean, I'd say 102, but oh, I'm not going to be mean. Well, he said 110. I, he said 110. Oh, he said 110. I would say 111 would be Price is Right rules. You want to play Plinko, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I'll say 130. 130, okay. Mike is still the only one who has not gone over. 113. 113. Within five, you are correct because it is 118. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So you got it within five. The confidence will work out for you. <laughs> Good job, Scratchy. Oh, wow. Yes. On. There are two elements in, in the periodic table. 
that are liquid at room temperature? Just name one. Mercury? You got it. It was either going to come to you immediately or you weren't going to get it. And you are correct. Any thoughts on what the other one is? Nitrogen? No. Nitrogen? I had no idea. I, I had to look it up. It's bromine. Ooh. Bromine. You know, which we use say. all the time. Hmm. All right. Next up, this is a real, this is a deep cut question here. I feel like all of these have been kind of deep cuts. Right. What was the first man-made <laughs> element? All right, we'll, we'll move on plutonium. past that one. Uh, plutonium is a good guess, <laughs> a, is, a, is a guess at least, which is more than anyone else was able to muster. Uh, the, the answer is uh, that famous element, technetium, which mm -hmm. is element number 43 and was synthesized in 1937. Wow. All right, final question, and this one at least loops back a little bit to what we, what two of us do every day. What organ in the body forms part of the name of an element? Now, for example, tungsten is close, but it's not U-N-G, <laughs> not the body tongue. So that's not the correct answer. I love that you thought of bad head and neck pun related answers that I might provide being me. And you just headed me off at the pass. Yeah. So the question, you don't have to name the element. You just have to name the organ. I'll give you a hint. I am a GI pathologist. Yeah, that wasn't what I was trying to do, trying to go through every organ you look at. It's like, you know, the old pancreas. Is there something with liver in it? You are correct. Ooh. Livermorium is element 116. Livermorium? Livermorium, yes. Is that a man-made element? I think once you get up that, I think everything past like 92 is only man-made. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those elements that exists for like one nanosecond in like Basically. the Hedron Collider. And yeah, you got the answer correct. Yes. Yes. I got one right. <laughs> By the way, is this PathPod or ChemPod? <laughs> I was actually oh. going to ask Dr. Gonzalez to tell us a story related to his interest, <laughs> such deep interest in the periodic table if he's willing to share with us. Yes, yeah, so there is an event in Atlanta every year that one of the things they do over the weekend is they have a big parade through downtown Atlanta and anyone can put a parade group together. And one year I decided I'm going to put together a parade group of the periodic table. And I just roped in a bunch of friends, a bunch of internet strangers and got about 100 people to march together as the periodic table. I only did it one year, but it is an annual thing and it's still going. A friend of mine kept it going for about 10 years after that wow. and she recently handed off the reins and uh one year a friend of mine who was in the parade with his girlfriend proposed to her right before we all started marching wow and Aww. she is a pathology resident now oh <laughs> was she there as liver morium <laughs> so I don't remember what element she was. He wanted to be carbon with the big ring and everything. But <laughs> the element had already been taken and the person who had selected it did not want to give it up. <laughs> so he was like, okay, what's left? And like Livermorium was left. <laughs> so he came as Livermorium. He had on like a brown shirt and he had, he taped a green balloon to his, to his side to be the gallbladder. But then right before the proposal, he took all that off and he was like, I'm carbon. So, you know, he was actually also carbon. And then he proposed and wow. she said, yes. 
Wow. It's because he was carbon and not liver morium. I mean, Literally, if you're going to hitch, no, no if you're gonna hitch your wagon and bond to something, it should be carbon, right? So. I, thought, I always thought liver morium is more of a female's name. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But well, you can take it up with him. He's a good <laughs> <laughs> Wow. If you're going to bond to something, it should be carbon. That's what, the pun again. I, mean, I, I know. I, I was I, really, I, I was like trying. Thinking at the time a lot a lot yeah wow that was next level stumping wow it was educational well it is very sad but that brings us to the end of our show today and i hope that everyone has learned something i know i have learned a ton about myself about all of you about chemistry and my lack of knowledge thereof hey you got that last one correct don't sell yourself short I know. Random guessing. Sometimes it works out for you. Not as a pathologist, though. Don't do that. But in life. So, yeah. Christina, how do you feel after this show? This is one for the books. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, I had so much fun and thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored and I can't wait to get my ruler. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited that you came. I think the future of pathology is really, really bright and we're really glad that you chose to uh, be joining us in the future. Yeah, same here. It was really fun and um, doing this quiz. So uh, thank you for inviting me and keep doing this. <laughs> thank, thank you for you coming. Both. Thank you for coming and thank representing. For Cytopath. Yeah. It's been a great time. I'm really glad we did this. Yes. Well, thank you everyone for being here. And that's it for another Path Pod Quiz Show. See you next Stay time. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. 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 Join us next time to see who will win the limited edition Path Pod Ruler. Who will measure up? And who will clearly be the envy of their friends and enemies? and find out what hobbies we pick up next. Support for the Free Path Pod podcast comes from listeners who like it and share it with their friends. So go ahead, send someone the link. And be sure to subscribe to PathPod wherever you download your podcasts. PathPod is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not medical advice. As always on the podcast, any views expressed are solely those of the person speaking and do not necessarily represent their employers, their affiliated institutions, affiliated professional organizations, other speakers on the program, their friends, their families, their pets, or anyone involved in the production and distribution of this podcast. Thanks for listening to PathPod.